Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate that very much. You know, I have to take the blame because I messed him up on that one transition. I was uh, sometimes, do you ever just kind of go to the twilight zone of just non-existence in life? You know, I was just kind of cruising through there, enjoying my own guitar playing, his melodious voice. And I kind of forgot where I was, if you want to know the truth. But I appreciate Pastor Covenant. You might want to turn us down just a little, brother. It's just a little hot and a little bitey here. Well, as I mentioned to most of you here, it was a great dilemma today to figure out what to preach. It's not the normal message I'd preach on a Thursday, but I thought about the crowd that I pretty much was sure who would be here. And I thought a couple more might show up, but I know some live on some pretty nasty side roads and would have been a great uh, difficulty to be here. Uh, so this is the one God burdened my heart to preach. Now, the only frustration I have with this message, I'm not sure if I preached it here before. See, one of the things in my lack of administrative consistency, every time I preach somewhere on my iPad, which goes to my iPhone, which goes to my computer, I have the backup thing working. You know, I write down what I preach everywhere I go. Now, some people are silly as you people. I get asked back again. Y'all with me here? So I try not to repeat a message unless God just says, I need you to repeat this or preach this again. Now, the only hope I have with the crowd I'm speaking to is that you're all old enough you won't remember anyway. Okay, that's just, that's my encouragement here, except for those that take notes. And that may be very frustrating. I, I don't want to even do a quiz on what I preached last night because it may be very, very sad and, and defeating to my life of ministry operation here. But let's have a word of prayer. And uh, hopefully this will be an encouragement as well as a blessing to you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just being so good to us and blessing our lives so perfectly and abundantly. Lord, we just even want to rejoice in this day that you have made me glad therein, whether it's snow or no snow, sun or no sunshine. Lord, you're in control. You bring exactly what's needed and best for our lives. Lord, we'd love to have a thousand people here. We'd love to have, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 people here. But Lord, that's not what you've ordered up this hour as far as what's taking place. And God, we all need to hear from you, whether it's one of us, two of us, or, or again, 2,000. So God, speak to our hearts. God, bring conviction to our lives. And Lord, just be exalted, be honored through what's said and set forth. We just rejoice in the opportunity of fellowship. And Lord, that time of feasting on the blessed word of God. So God, we look unto you. God, bring forth that work in our hearts that only you can bring. And we'll thank you and praise you for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I sang for, for the girls before some of you folks got in here, uh, one of my, my classic historic songs called Drama Queen. And, and as I, I sang that, of course, they were wild and wanted to come forward and all that sort of thing after that. But you know, there are certain songs that do demonstrate certain people or certain circumstances. Does anybody remember where this came from? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark, depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Yeah, kind of old hee-haw program. But you know, that seems to be the testimony of far too many Christians. And folks, how many people quit serving God because of persecution or problems or hardships? Now, we got thrown a curveball here as far as our planning's concerned. We thought, you know, God would open up the highways and byways and get a lot of people in here for the meeting. But how are we responding to something that God already knew was coming? And he knew it's something that we needed to face and make a choice with. Now, thankfully, you folks made a, a good choice. 
But I found no matter what the apple cart turning thing may be or the disruption to what we think should be done, it really is a revelation of who and what you are in your relationship with Jesus. Do y'all agree with me on that? You know, it's a revelation of who and what you are, what you really are in Christ Jesus. Now, we learn by example, of course. And I want you to turn your Bibles. I'll give you a chance to find the passage while I continue to give intro marks here, uh, remarks. But I want you to turn to Psalm 3, if you would. And I know pastors probably preach through this, but I'm going to park on it here tonight. I want to give you a testimony on how David was facing one of the most devastating times of his life. Now, let me, let me set this up while you're turning. David's on the run from his son Absalom, and he's taken over the kingdom. And now David's life is in jeopardy. But how did this mess come about? Well, folks, the same way the messes of our lives come about, our own sinful choosing. And folks, that's hard to swallow, but we mess things up. It's not God. It, again, our life revolves around the choices we make and the consequences therein and thereof. Now, does he use this to get all bent out of shape? No, I'm thankful he, he responded rightly. But let me give you a history reminder of David's life to this point and even through this situation. David chooses to have an immoral relationship with Bathsheba. We know that's 2 Samuel chapter 11. And Nathan confronts the king in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And here's what he prophesies. prophesies. He says, evil will come to your family. Boy, did it come in bucket loads, people. Tamar, the half, the, his daughter, was defiled by the half-brother Amnon. Then Absalom eventually kills Amnon in the revenge move thing. Vengeance is mine. He repaid there. Then Absalom flees the kingdom and breaks David's heart, no doubt. Then three years later, Absalom returns uh, to the kingdom as such. But here's, here's a sad point. It's two years before dad and son get together. Now, I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your family, but if I'm anywhere close, I want to be with them. I want a fellowship. Whether they want to be with me or not, I want to be with them. And I can't imagine the heartbreak and, and maybe frustration galore that David had in not having that kind of encounter with his son, no matter what has happened here. But as we know, Absalom takes over the kingdom. And now in, in this psalm, David is running from it for his life. Now, folks, I don't know what kind of pressure you're under or problems with persecution, but this is a heap of trouble, pressure, persecution, and problems. Now, does David use circumstances as an excuse to be ungodly? Does he become bitter and throw an a, a angry fist in the face of God and say, you're a bad God, you need to bless me more? No, thankfully, when the pressure was on, problems pounding his brain, persecution piercing his heart, he responds in a very God-honoring uh, way that's a great example for all of us, no matter what the circumstances may be. And if they're not there, can I tell you, they're coming. Because those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's just normalcy of life and living, folks. The question is, how will you respond when it comes, Christ-like, carnal, honoring, or displeasing unto our God. Now, let's just go through this psalm quickly here tonight. And let's look down at verses 1 and 2, where it deals with persecution. And it says here in the first couple of verses, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there, which be, which, many there be which say of my life, there is no help with him in God. 
Now, for David, this has kind of been there, done that type of situation because nothing new is taking place here that hadn't happened before. He had conflicts with Saul. He had run-ins with the Philistines. He faced persecution and problems before and many times before. So there's the persecution, but what's his perspective? That, that's what we're dealing with tonight. How does he deal with that? Well, look at the verses that follow. In verse 3, and this is a key statement here, but thou, O Lord. You know, what's he, what is, what's he going to show here, folks? A testimony of trust and dependence upon God. He's saying, but thou, O Lord, when times are bad, people are cruel, the odds are against me as such, but thou, O Lord. Now, what comes next? Wow. What a testimony of who God is, what God's looking to bring to all of our lives in the midst of this difficult uh, stage of life. He says, Lord, thou art my shield. Thou art my glory. And I love this one, don't you? The lifter up of mine head. Folks, there are times when I know the top of my shoes better than what's going on around me. Have you been there and done that? Sometimes I feel like I could barely get up over the top of my shoestrings, you know, to just function in life. That happens to me too. But I'm thankful through the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells me, the power and working of God. God can be the lifter up of my head. And he can do that also for you. That's not just for evangelist Mike Maynard. That's for everyone that claims and again, again, truly is a child of God. So he says, look at the list again. Lord, you're my shield, my glory, the lifter up of my mine head. And then the next verse, I cried unto the Lord. Is that bothersome to God? Not my God not the God of this Bible. My God's on the clock and he's gone the clock 24 seven and he wants me to bother him. He wants me to be in touch with him, in tune with his ears, his life, his will 24 seven. And you're never alone. You know, no matter how lonely you may feel, that's, that's the flesh faking you out and looking to cheat you from the power, presence, and working of Almighty God. But David, even at this point, let, let me read the whole verse before I forget. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Now, he's established in his life a pattern, folks, a pattern of, uh, of again, trusting, listening, obeying to God. And, and it's very much demonstrated from his youth even to this point. You know, the stories we teach our kids all the time about the lion and the bear. Did God deliver or what? Yeah, victory through the power of God's presence and working. How about with Shaquille O'Neal of yesteryear? You know, Goliath, he approaches this, but he doesn't approach it in the flesh. He, he approaches this with, again, relying on the power and victory available through his God. So threatening actions of Saul, he gave testimony of trust in the midst of the enemy, the persecution that came from without, but God wrought a victory in his heart and through his life. Now, we got time to do this. Uh, would you turn to Psalm 56? I, I, it's funny how, you know, even a couple of days ago, God prepared me for this message because I was reviewing this section of Scripture. And, and I didn't have any clue, people. I'm telling you right now, I was going to preach this here tonight. But in Psalm 56, th these are, these, just read the Psalms. Read the Proverbs over and over again. You, you'll quit sucking your thumb. You'll quit being so, again, focused on you. And you'll see how great and faithful your God is, whether you're close or not. 
And boy, it can really be an encouragement to your life. These are some of those verses of encouragement for me. It says in Psalm 56 and verse 1, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. Have you got this one memorized? It says, What time I am afraid. Say it with me, folks. I will trust in thee. Let's say the whole thing together. Let's, let's, let's do it. Ready? What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Then in verse 4, let me read it for you. It says, In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Now, folks, I don't know if you've experienced this. I'm sure with the crowd I'm preaching to you have over and over again. When you come to this kind of perspective in the midst of whatever persecution, problem, or heartache you're facing, there's only one thing that comes next. It's that peace of God that passes all understanding when your heart and mind are in Christ. And did you catch that from Philippians 4? What's the key? The heart the mind are in Christ. That's the only way you're going to experience that peace that passes all understanding. So Isaiah 26, 3, you know this hopefully. It says, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Key statement, because he trusteth in thee. And the next verse makes it real personal and very potent to say the least. It says, trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And then when you get that peace, that rest, it leads to something beyond us in this flesh we're parked in. It's this God-endued and God-empowered courage. I feel like the cowardly lion. Courage, you know, I feel like that's, I feel like that's the way it came out. But courage to resist the temptation to raise the, I've watched way too much TV growing up. Yeah, the courage to resist the temptation to raise the white flag of surrender to the weakness of the flesh. Look at the verses here. Now, this is a statement in and of itself of encouragement and reminder. He says, I laid me down and slept. Have you ever had those nights where you count the bumps and critters on the ceiling, you know, and you just try to fix everything in life? Oh, I get those all the time. I, you know, I just, I, I get it probably because I ate pizza the night before, and that's your fault, okay? You know, where you, where you just sit there and you go, yeah, but if I did done that, well, I should have done that. Well, I need to do that. Well, if I did that, I just want to go, shut up, will you please, and just trust God, go to sleep. But you know, when you get that focus and you just finally breathe and say, you know what? It's all under your control, God. Just help me to be dead to self, alive under your working and minister to people like I need to. And I got to have those discussions with my old rotten flesh that I'm parked in. But boy, when you got that peace, that rest, that courage from on high, you can have one of these kind of Salmonex night without any drugs. Are you with y'all? Remember Salmonex? Yeah, now it's Tylenol PM or Advil PM. But folks, here it is. I laid me down and slept, and I awaked for the Lord sustained me. Wow. Then verse six. 
He says, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me round about. Now for you, that may not be a reality, but for David, that was pretty close to it, folks. Tens of thousands were looking to, again, put him out of commission, certain parts of his life before God and his responsibilities unto man. Again, folks, courage. Then when you have this uh, peace stuff, then we seem close with this representation of the right kind of approach to God, prayer, seeking God's wherewithal, asking for help. He says in the next verse, he says, arise, O Lord, save me, O God. For how thou hast smitten all mine enemies on the cheekbone, thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. I got a little suggestion for you. I think this will encourage you in the midst of maybe persecution from people that aren't real nice and, and they're still out there. Believe me, I run into them all the time. But just picture that guy at work. You know the one that steals your tools? That guy that mocks your God? That neighbor that just is nasty as all get out? Just picture him with no teeth. Okay, just, just picture him with no teeth. And that'll bring a little smile to your face <laughs> and encouragement to your heart. You get ticked off a pastor, just, just look at him like, like he took his partial out. And it may bring, again, just a little tickle to your funny bone and, again, encouragement to your pee-picking heart. But he cries out, folks, hey, help, God. The battle's the Lord's. I need your help. And that's what he's really stating in verse 8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. He's saying, I'm not able, but God, you are my source of victory. God, I know you'll take care of me. I'm yours. You're mine. You promise and you're faithful. Oh, God, help me to trust you and keep on keeping on for your will and working. So in times of persecution and problems or hitting in the face, pressures of life, normal stuff, are pounding your heart, you need to buy up the promises of God, don't you? You know, don't retreat to your reasoning, stare at the ceiling, get your Bible out, and start reading what God's trying to encourage your heart with. Because He doesn't want you dysfunctional. He doesn't want you sideline. He wants you to keep on keeping on. Let me give you one of those sections of promise that I like to retreat to when I'm getting my teeth kicked in, you know, in circumstances. Turn to Romans chapter 8, would you please? We can finish the passage here of Psalm 3. And I think you understand where I'm going to park here for the conclusion of this message. And folks, it leads to a verse that I even quoted last night. Look down with me, and we'll start. We can read the whole chapter because even probably the, the most well-known verse of this whole passage is we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose. Uh, that's, that's one that's memorized by most Christians, especially faithful people of God. But folks, these are also so encouraging and blessing to our lives. Look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sorrow? As it, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Circle that, one, folks. Get that on your get that on your agenda to memorize sooner or later if you haven't done it already. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the devil works twenty four seven to put you in a position of defeat instead of victory, so you'll be unfaithful. But read on. 
He says, For I persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, people, again, I'm not the sharpest pencil in the box, but this covers every aspect and gamut of life and living. Y'all agree with me? So nothing, nothing this world orders up, stirs up, tries to be thrown in your face, will separate you from that perfect love and care, from a perfect caring and loving God. Now, I shared with you and reminded you about the situation that went through losing a grandson. That was very devastating. You know, a dear friend of mine from the wilds, uh, Matt Herster, just lost his young wife. And uh, just very difficult situation. I was really praying to think about that very much today. But when my daughter would come out of uh, NICU, and we, we were there for six months. And NICU is a very you know, encouraging, sometimes very sad, disappointing place to spend a lot of time. But she said that every time I came out of NICU, I had a routine to encourage me. Because I came out kind of discouraged at times. She said, I get in the van, and I go right to one of your songs. I said, well, honey, what song did you go for? How much you care. Now, most of you have been tortured by my CD, but I will remind you of the words. I'm going to sing it, but I will remind you of the words to that song because I think it really fits with this message here. But let, me, let me remind you. It says, when your heart is so broken and your mind is consumed, why such a time should be upon your life. Jesus is faithful. He's there for you. You're not alone, for God is truly near. Of course, how we need to be awakened in God's presence. The reality that God is truly near. Gain strength to overcome doubts, temptations. Rejoice to know that our God is truly near. Second verse, remember God's promises. Claim as your own. Place firm in the hope that's in him. God's grace is sufficient even for you. Grace abounds for God is truly near. How we need to be awakened in God's presence. The reality that God is truly near. And, and, and God is truly near. And it says uh, to gain strength to overcome doubts, temptation, and rejoice to know that our God is truly near. And you may say, but it hurts. This is not fun. Well, it does hurt. It's not fun. But you know what? God will even carry you through it. God will help you function and go on faithfully to finish the course and again to attain to that pride, the high calling that God has set before you in Christ Jesus. And I know you're hearing the phone too, but you know that's okay. I thank you about the message that God has for you tonight. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and knees and thank the Lord for his ever present help. Lord, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for this time of fellowship and feasting on your word. Lord, I I just as much flesh as anybody here. And God, I need these promises. I need this kind of encouragement. And Lord, I pray it was just that for the folks that are here tonight, but Lord, also those folks that are listening via the website. But Lord, they will not retreat to their flesh. They will not say, God, you love everybody but me. Lord, they've 
that's not the truth. Lord, your love is so perfect and so available for every man, every woman, every child that seeks to have that love a part of who and what they are. So, Lord, that love that again reveals, exposes, gives us understanding is that love of salvation. Lord, where you died on our behalf to pay our sin debt so we can spend the eternity in a perfect place called heaven with you. So, Lord, save those that need to know Christ. But, Lord, encourage tonight the hearts of, of believers. Lord, help them to realize they are not alone. That you even have enough grace for their situation, for their circumstance. And God, encourage them, lift them up. And God, do what you say in this, this Psalm 3. Be the lifter up of their heads. And God, in doing that, they'll be looking unto Jesus as the author and the finisher of their faith. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for being so very good unto us. We praise you and thank you for it's in Jesus' name.